surround yourself by really capable people so that you can, you know, offset some of those things that maybe are not as enjoyable. But there's a bit of a trick to that, Jason, is you've got to be willing to be out of control and you've got to be willing to let people choose the way they choose because they're not going to choose the same way that you would. They're going to do it different and you've got to be okay with that. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. And we have an amazing returning guest today. And I really, really love this woman because she's also going against the grain of what is known in business, bringing some lighter themes such as joy. And we definitely have a resonance there since I'm all about the love in the sales. She's all about the joy in the business. Simone Millicus is joining me again. She's a woman behind Access Consciousness, also has been featured on major publications such as Huffington Post. She's been on Forbes. She's been with Mind Valley as well. She has her own business, which is about the joy of business and all around has done multiple, multiple things from taking a brand and building it into a multi-million global business empire. And we're so excited to have this conversation around what does business done as usual look like and why is it not so effective today? Why do we need to start thinking differently in the way that we operate, whether you're an entrepreneur, a salesperson, and this element of joy, how do we translate that into ways that we can apply in the way that we show up at work every day, making plans and really building something that is impactful in the process? Simone, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much for having me here again. I know. And it's so fun because, you know, for those who might be newer listeners to the show, we used to run the podcast was actually called the Superhumans at Work podcast. And now, you know, we kind of moved it over as Selling with Love. Obviously, that's a big part of the brand that I represent. And we talk more something around business. And I kind of want to go back to that original conversation because now I'm the guy who talks about sales and love, which is really weird. You talk about joy and business. And I'm, I'm just curious to know when you expose people to this idea that business can be done with joy and it actually is a better way of approaching business. What's the typical response you get to this kind of idea? Look, I wrote the book Joy Business, I think it was like 16, 17 years ago now. And at that time, definitely not accepted. Like definitely not. People were like, what are you calling? Like, you know, what are you calling a book Joy Business for? Even one of my colleagues and my best friends was like, don't call it that. And I said, why not? And he said, because people won't buy it. And I said, but that's what it is. And I really wanted to stay true to what that was for me. So I did call it Joy Business. And, you know, the interesting thing, Jason, it's translated into like 17 languages and every single translator rings me and goes, hey, in our language, Joy of Business doesn't make sense, those three words together. And I go, it doesn't make sense in English either. Okay, let's look at this. Let's look at the energy of it and, and you know, come up with the words. But that's literally how people look at it. And I think for a really long time, it was almost like joy, joy of business, joy in business was like a dirty word. It's like you were just meant to go to work, make money, and then, you know, you'd go to the pub on a Friday afternoon or blah, blah, blah. Like you'd have this ritual that was more like living this normal, and I'm going to say mediocre life rather than for me, having a joy in business and being joyful in business allows you to create so much more and beyond anything you could ever imagine. 
Because for me, business is something that is incredibly malleable. You can shift it and change it by every single choice you make. And yeah, I guess it's about having fun with what you choose to do. You know, I find it interesting that you had that pushback on the title. And I don't think I've ever shared the fact that, you know, my publisher also, or technically it's a self-publishing, but I used an agency that supported me in the creation, right? And they saw that I wanted to call it Selling with Love and they actually advised me against it. And I don't know if you remember, but they were actually suggesting to call my book Impact and Integrity. And at the end, I was sitting on it and it just, it didn't have any emotion to it. And then, you know, I consulted some people that I really trusted and were like, no, we have to put our kind of stick in the ground as to like it's selling with love. So I don't know if you had another title in mind. And, you know, when you went out there and the fact that you're the woman behind, you know, joy and business, do you find that that was the right decision to make? I do. Look, I think you need to choose, like I said, what is true for you. Because if I had gone and chosen something else and, you know, I don't know, business, not normal, or I don't know, whatever name that people came up with, it wouldn't have been totally mine. And I think you've got to make that choice, Jason, to be committed to what your bigger desire is. And for me, you know, since 15, 16 years of age, my desire has always been to create more awareness and more consciousness on the planet for people to be more vulnerable with each other, to be more present with, you know, what's going on around them, to be more interactive and engaging with each other and the planet, you know. So for me, joy of business so matched the energy. And I think we need to be committed to what that bigger picture is for us and really choose what matches the energy. And I had no idea if this was going to be successful or not. I mean, I don't know about you, but launching a book is not the easiest thing in the world because you always come up with something you want to add to it. You go, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's add this. Let's add this. Until a friend of mine said, Simone, that's your next book. And that was the only relief I got when I went, like I can do another book. I can even do eBooks. I could even do something else because you're trying to create this perfect book. It's never going to be perfect. It is what it is. Get it out there. And I have had huge amounts of success with it, not just in English, but in many different languages. It's just being launched into Finnish. We've got a little launch at this shop library and place in Finland. And it's so cool to see it. Like they've just opened the box yesterday and see that. It's also being launched in Russian at the moment. And that is such a joy for me that I created that so many years ago and it's still rolling along. And I think when you choose, is it going to create a greater future? Because you can't always tell what's going to show up today. But does it create this lightness and this explosion in your world for the future? And if so, go for it. Don't. doesn't matter what anybody says. Well, maybe this is the thread I want to pull on right now because with the rise of things like TikTok, YouTube, media is accessible everywhere. There's plenty of people that are suggesting ways that you should go about doing business. And you get almost overwhelmed with advice and you're kind of paralyzed by all this advice. But you mentioned something a little earlier about how you have to do something that's true to you. And I'd be curious to know, like, how do you navigate this world where you're trying to take an external advice, but you want to do things your way and be successful in that method? Yeah, it's a good question, Jason. And I was actually having a conversation with someone about this yesterday because there's certain elements in, I guess, life at the moment, like, I don't know, I hate to bring this to this topic, but say governments, right? And I actually said yesterday, I hate the fact that I'm not so sure of myself and what I'm choosing is correct for this country because of everything that I've been 
like shown and given and media and social media and all of that. And I really do get whatever it works for you. Like if you, I don't know, some people like to meditate. I'm not a big meditator, but I'm a big being out in nature. It gives me more of me, like going for a walk on the beach or even just sitting in my backyard, putting my hands on my trees, anything, and just connecting with myself and going, okay, so what is true here? What are the truths and what are the lies? Because we have been fed so many truths and so many lies and they just get so mixed up. So more than ever, I really do get we need to, and the way I would do it, a tool I would use is being aware of my body, but expand myself out, like my being out, my awareness out and ask what is true for me? What am I aware of? You know, what is going to create something greater here and choose that because it's so chaos at the moment, everything going on. And it has been. Um, you know, with social media, you know, I think I do have a TikTok account, but I've never been on there <laughs> ever. I'm like, my social media team does same. that. I have the same thing. And I'm like, no, I can't do another one. Like I go on Instagram. That's probably the most I go on. And Facebook I do, you know, every now and then too, but I don't, like I said, I think I have a TikTok account. I think that my social media team does it, but I don't personally go on there. And I find a lot of things on Instagram and social media really interesting but I also notice what I follow. Like I get some really kick-ass recipes from social media. And I also get some really cool tips on business and money. But I look at it and they did follow, you know, some people down a rabbit hole is how I'm going to call it. Because trying to find where they were right and where I was wrong. And I think that's your biggest mistake. You need to look at you are not right. You are not wrong. There is infinite possibilities. What are you going to choose? And I sort of gather information from all these different people and something will ping is how I refer to it because you go, oh, yeah, that or that, something someone says. And I don't necessarily agree with everything else that they're doing, but it's that piece of information that really pings true for me. And there's some fabulous people that, you know, I follow on, on social media that I don't like using the word grounded because it infers that you're not like this infinite being and you have the awareness of everything, but they're real. That's probably a better word. They're real and true to them. You're like this guy, Mark Burris in Australia. He's like, he's just an Aussie bloke and he's really successful and he has fallen and got back up and, you know, and scraped his knees and, and gone, well, how am I going to handle this? And just keeps moving forward and forward and forward and forward. And that I have such great admiration for everybody who just keeps choosing to take another step and take another step and take another step and keep moving towards what it is that you desire. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, what you talked about, just being able to kind of be inspired by what does resonate and maybe not taking everything in because I think there's just so much to take in. And a lot of it, like you said, doesn't always apply. I mean, even in your case, you're talking about joy in business. And if you listen to someone who tells you like, you know, you need to suffer to have any kind of success, and you're trying to find like which one you resonate with. I feel like, I don't know if you've ever been exposed to Ken Wilber, one of those philosophers who talks about integral theory. And he talks about like stages of consciousness. And he kind of highlights the fact that some of the advice works when you're at a certain level, then you kind of outgrow that model. And now the next thing kind of resonates. And so the biggest thing I like from that is everything is true, but partial. 
And that kind of brings me to laying up the question of, you know, looking at joy as something to look at in your business. And I'm just wondering if your advice applies to somebody who's at a certain stage of business to start looking back at joy, or do you find like that's one of the principles you have to start with? And of course, I want to expand this to sales, but I often find that people who are interested in sales often have a perspective of business as well. Is joy something that I find myself at a certain stage where I've generated enough income and I need to like pivot to joy or is it something I need to start with? I would say you need to start with it and I'd say you need to start with it every single day because I mean this is your life it's like so are you living it like are you living it to the fullest you know one of the tools I use I wake up in the morning probably for the past four years I would say I wake up before I even get out of bed I you know put my hands on my body somewhere and I just sort of say hello to it I'm like you know, hey body, and I'd say good morning. And I might do something like say hi to my organs, you know, because they're there, they're like, they're making your body like, you know, do everything it's got to do or just even like my toes or anything. And I'm lucky enough, I live across the road from the beach. So when I'm not traveling, I can hear the ocean, I can hear the birds and all of that. And it's just like this, this moment with my body, this moment with the earth. And then I get up, like this morning, I literally said out loud to myself, God, I feel so good. It's going to be a great day. And just with that demand of it's going to be a great day. And for me, my whole life is my business. And for years, being an entrepreneur, you've probably heard this when people say, oh, I hope you get to have time off. You know, do you ever get to have a weekend? Do you get to have a holiday? You know, you're working too hard both ends. And all of those projections hurt you if you take them on. Because for me, I'm one of those people who, you know, I'll go for a walk on the beach and I come back with a million ideas or everyone I work with, the team of people I work with always laugh at me because they go, I was just in the shower because I'm that person who washes my hair and has a great idea to the point where someone actually gave me a notepad that you can get wet because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I was in the shower. What was they thinking of? You know, <laughs> to me, it's this constant state of creation and a constant state of joy. And it should be with everything. It should be when you are actually in a meeting when you're doing a podcast, when you're cooking a meal, when you're having a shower, when you're going for a run, why would you not choose your life to be joyful with everything? And one of the things I used to do a lot too is even like this is old school. This is years ago. You know, when you used to get bills in the mail and you open up the envelopes and because I was, I created myself to be a bit of a financial mess at one stage too. So I realized I had to start changing my point of view around money and when I would pay a bill, you know, I'd be writing the details, writing a check. That's a long time ago, writing a check. And I would thank the phone bill or the electricity. And I'd be like, hey, I'm really grateful for you. And, you know, attempt with everything I could to send this check off with joy in it, because I knew that I had to be grateful and joyful for everything that was in my life in order to invite more. And I can say that's definitely what showed up. Yeah, I feel like this is probably one of the most common questions you get asked, but you're already addressing it in a way because, you know, some people might perceive the fact that what joy in business does that mean I only do the things that I like and I just ignore all the things that I don't like. But even here, you're talking about an example of paying the bills, but you can choose to do it with a sense of joy. Would you be able to elaborate on that? Yeah, I think the whole, if I look at all the businesses that I have, because I have a lot of different things I'm involved in, like access consciousness is the main business, but there's a lot of different businesses I have from antique to investing in a gym to, you know, all these different things. And not all of it is like, yay, fun to do, but it matches the energy of what I want to do. And that's what I keep looking at. I know I've referred to that a few times of like what matches the energy. 
I don't always want to get up in the morning. I'm really good at getting up and I'm really creative. But some days my body's like, dude, what are we doing? Why are we getting up right now? Can't we just sleep in? No, we've committed to something and we have something on. So let's get up and let's do that. Now, in saying that, it's not every single thing, like every action I take, everything I do throughout the day is this like, you know, rainbows and unicorns and everything, but it leads me to where I would like. And the second piece though, which was a great tool that I learned, I never wanted to give anyone a job to do that I didn't like, because my very limited point of view was that if I didn't like it, why would somebody else like it? So I was doing all the jobs that I didn't like and giving everyone the jobs I liked to other people. This was years ago. And I realized, hang on, I've got this around the wrong way. It's like there are people who like to do the accounting. There are people who like to file and have a great organizational system. You know, there are people who like to make phone calls. So one of the things I started asking for was to hire people who were better than me and not based on judgment, but just better than me. They enjoyed sales more. They enjoyed you know, accounting more or whatever that is. So to surround yourself by really capable people so that you can, you know, offset some of those things that maybe are not as enjoyable. But there's a bit of a trick to that, Jason, is you've got to be willing to be out of control and you've got to be willing to let people choose the way they choose because they're not going to choose the same way that you would. They're going to do it different and you've got to be okay with that. For me, that this was an important lesson as well. I think what I had to accept at first was that, okay, I kind of had that sense of control. And I was like, if somebody's going to be doing the thing that I do really, really well, they're probably only going to do it at 80% of how well I do it. And that was kind of my stage one. I was like, okay, if I can accept that if they do it at 80% of what I would do, then I have more free time to do the things that I do like with more efficiency. And that's how I justified it. And what you just said is a lesson that I learned after, which was, if I don't specify the way to do it, then they end up doing it better than me. And I've let go of that control. And then I get surprised by what people do. And I'm like, oh my God, why did I do this before? And like my mind just really shifted in that acknowledgement. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I know. If I'm not controlling the world, will things actually be okay? Yeah, maybe they will. Maybe they'll even be better. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole topic in itself because at the end of the day, we have control over nothing. And the sooner you accept that, I think joy ends up coming a lot more. And you did kind of touch or scrape upon one of the key topics we do like to speak about here, which is sales. And, you know, I think wrapping our heads around, you know, operating in a business, there's so many different roles you can take in a business to find that joy. You know, it's not, again, about just doing the things you like, but understanding you can leverage to your strength, you can focus on what's best. But when it comes to sales, oh, you know, the first chapter of my book is actually why you hate sales. And I'm trying to get people to understand the history as to why they have this such a hate relationship. But I want to bring it up to you around joy and even your own personal experience. Like, are you someone that's enjoyed sales? Do you, is it something you've actually pushed off to other people? What's your relationship with sales? Good question. Look, to start off with, I think if you're in business, you're in sales. You just are. It's like you might not be selling a specific product, but you're in sales. It's how you engage with people. And I look at businesses that require a few different energies. And for me, it's like you've got this creator energy that is just the person who's just like comes up with a million ideas and is like, yeah, this, 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 that generative energy. Love that. 
And then for me, another energy would be mover. And that mover energy is somebody who sort of knows what you need to choose today in order to have, you know, the future show up, in order to have something grow, in order to have it expand. And they are two of my favorite energies that I like to be involved in a business. And then there's the connecting. And for me, sales is in the connecting. It's all across the board. Like this is a bit of a generalization, but connecting is how you connect with people, how you connect your product to the world or your service to the world or whatever it may be. And it's not my favorite thing, I will say. I am not the sort of person who seeks people. I get on well with people and I'm very capable of talking to anyone like man, woman, child, you know, rich, poor, whatever, status, et cetera. I'm not uncomfortable with that, but I'm very comfortable in my own space and I'm very comfortable being on my own. And I always have been. So I don't seek people. It's interesting because my job is just filled with dealing with people. So when I'm not, you know, doing seminars and stuff like that, I tend to be a bit of a hermit (laughs) and just find my own space. So I tend to shy away from sales a lot. And I had a conversation with my friend the other day who is so awesome at sales. And I was commenting about how I didn't really like sales. And he said, Simone, you do realize how great you are at it. And for me, it's like that place of even when you're on an airplane and you meet people, you engage with people. Sales for me is so much about the engagement that you have with people. I know for myself, I will purchase something from someone who engages with me in a way that isn't forceful, that doesn't seem to have an agenda to it. It's like, you know, all of that energy, something that's like creates something greater. It's like people meeting and chatting and engaging. And there's this energy that's just really cool. And it's very, ah, it's a contribution is probably a good way to put it. So I think the engagement part of sales is really important. How are you going to engage with this person? How are you going to engage with this business? And treat people like they are. Like we've been doing some corporate stuff recently and people are like, I don't know why. People, same thing is like the judgment they have of sales. They're like, oh my God, corporate. And I'm like, they're also just people. Just because it's corporate doesn't mean that it, <laughs> it's got to have this scary attitude to it. It's like these people ate breakfast this morning, maybe, I don't know, went for a run, you know, do all the things that we do. And for me, sales so much too is about reading the room, like walk into a room. You can have like something you want to talk about, etc. But the second you walk into the room, if that's not applicable anymore, drop it and talk about what is. Talk about what's up. I found that fascinating the fact that you actually have this you labeled yourself that sales wasn't necessarily one of your main things yet you know with access consciousness you were kind of one of the top business development managers for the entire company and you've helped it grow across so many different countries and to me you know building these partnerships is such a key sales role and i think as you mentioned everybody in business is in sales and sales looks very different and can be very different than just selling a single product to a single individual. I'd be curious to know, like, how were you able to do such a rapid expansion into different countries with a personal growth brand? And I believe you did that mostly or a lot of it during the time of COVID. No, I did a lot of it. Like we did expand a lot during COVID, but we also expanded a lot before. And Jason, thank you for bringing that up because I realize, I think I don't like the judgment and the point of view that people have of sales and to put myself into that. Because, you know, if I walk into somewhere, I'm I'm talking to someone, then it's like, great, I'm talking to them, but not to have that force behind it. 
And one of the things that I did do when I started working with Access, we were in four countries and we wanted to expand around the world. Okay, so how do you do that? So you can set out like a plan and you can write down this, you know, what that's going to be. But to me, that's not me. That's not how I do it. And I used to, I literally, again, in bed in the morning, I would picture the globe, the entire globe. You know, like one of those round globes that, you know, you always see in like teenage boys, you know, rooms and stuff like that, that you can spin. I actually got one of them and I would picture the whole entire globe and I would look at the whole world and sort of pull my energy out around the whole world and ask, okay, so where is my energy required today? Now, we were in four countries. The next country we ended up going to was Korea. There's no way in the world if you put together a plan that Korea would have been like, that's the fifth country that we're going to be in, you know. And then it was Italy and then it was the UK. And from there it just sort of exploded. But it was the people, like the whispers. And I think that's really important with sales too is hearing, listening, what's actually going on. And, you know, during COVID we exploded in the Middle East probably not a good analogy word to use at the moment, but we became so popular. Everything was online. I mean, we Zoom actually even contacted us and said, what are you guys doing? Because no one's using us like you are because we were translating into so many different languages and we were so set up for online already. My osteo was very happy because I was no longer wearing high heels. I was at home on Zoom. So, and we became very big in the Middle East. So that was a huge growth spurt. And I get it's from being in question of like, where is my energy required today? What next? And listening to those whispers. Who's out there actually asking for you? I love the fact that whatever method you use, the moment that you hear a whisper, and to me, like coming from a very left brain perspective is like, if the whisper has nudged you and you decide to pursue that with that level of confidence, it's almost like that's what causes the success is your understanding that you're going in this direction. You're going to find the opportunity and there is an abundance of opportunity there. And I couldn't help but make a parallel when you kept talking about the globe. There's this artist from Canada who does a lot of production of tracks and also does some singing on those. And he had this thing where he would spin a globe and then he would see where his finger lands and then he would find one of the most up and coming talents in that place and do a collaboration with them. And it became a phenomenon. And he would like do some collaborations, bring some unknown people on the map with his audience and people just started following him even more. And so I find that whatever it is, the method about just tuning in, listening and being able to tap into what is the whisper even if it's from spinning a globe and touching, there was magic that would happen because there's like a million decisions to make. Like you just talked about, like, what do I pick as a next country? Like there's so many variables to think about. I find we're mostly paralyzed in business and not charging forward with that level of confidence. And, you know, when I hear of you speaking about joy, it's like, if you could make any choice, why not make the choice of joy? Because if you've made the choice in that direction, then you're going to move with confidence and you might as well move with confidence with a smile on your face. Am I hitting the nail here? (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love that story that you just told. That's brilliant. And what you referred to earlier, just nudged on, which I get is a whole other topic, is you can't control anything because you can't control anything. And that guy creating, you know, that from just spinning the globe and going here, to me, that's a level of being in question. And I mean, Socrates spoke about being in question. You know, he was like, question everything. And even we're not taught to ask questions. We're taught to have the answer. But if we even start asking, okay, you know, what else is possible today? What else is possible with my business? Like, how does it get any better than this? 
where is my energy required today? Like, and more and more questions, be in question, listen for those whispers and just go boom, that, 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 and keep following it. But I get a really key element for this. And if you choose to be joyful every day and choose joy in business, it's not about getting it right. You have to get over your point of view about getting it right because getting it right will never create freedom for you. You've got to be willing to stumble and fall. You've got to be willing to be wrong. You've got to be willing to acknowledge others. You've got to be willing to acknowledge yourself. You've got to be willing to be grateful for yourself and all around you and acknowledge your own capacities. If you don't start acknowledging your capacities and stepping up, then what next? Like, are you going to live this small, finite life and keep, you know, pushing yourself down? What if we could step it up? What if we could all step it up and really embrace our capacities and be out there in the world and create something different by our choices? We can't control it, but we can choose. And every choice we make creates a different future. Would you agree the fact that one of the things that people don't understand when it comes to being an entrepreneur, and I think this also gets reflected directly in sales, is, you know, we almost seek confirmation that our action is the right one. And it doesn't necessarily come. You have to just take the action. And I find that's maybe the block for a lot of people to have that success in entrepreneurship, because I've seen this with myself as well. And I share this just because I know for me, I found myself being very, very effective within an organization. You know, I've, I've worked at Mind Valley for quite a while. And there's almost like the little boy part of me would like have an idea and I would want to go to someone more senior and be like, is this okay? And then when I'd get that permission, I would run with it and I would have that level of confidence. Yeah. And I kind of wanted that validation to feel good about the direction I was going. So I'd be more willing to take risks when I knew I could go to someone to kind of share it, get like a, yes, you go. But then when I'm on my own, I realize there's no one that exists to do that for me. I have to make those bold moves, which is, comes back to what we were kind of starting off with, which is why I find myself wanting to look at how other people are doing it and replicating that. Because then I'm like, oh, at least I've seen someone else be successful, but it's not necessarily my own path. And again, I haven't tapped into the joy. So I don't know if this is a phenomenon you've witnessed or it's something that we should pay attention to. I think it's definitely something we should pay attention to and stop looking at people outside of us as a reference point for what we choose. And it's not just in business. Like for years, you know, years, my point of view was I don't do relationships. I don't do relationships. And I remember someone said to me, why not? And I said, because I don't see a good one. I don't see a relationship that I go, yeah, that's great. I want to do that. And years later I realized, but all I'm doing is I'm looking outside of me to create a relationship for me. So when I just went, okay, I'm going to get over that point of view, like destroy and uncreate that point of view. If I was choosing a relationship, what would work for me? And really be brutally honest with yourself of what would work for you. And the same thing with business. If you're choosing business, what would work for you? Because a question I ask a lot is, who do I think of before I choose? Because so many times, if you look at that, who do you think of before you choose? So many people go, oh, my kids or my partner, or, you know, this or that. And they have, what if it was you? What if you were who you thought of before you choose? And it's not about excluding others. It's about including them. But if you totally choose for you, you actually show others they can choose for them too. Now, what I've noticed is what comes with that, Jason, unfortunately, is sometimes a lot of vilification. People don't necessarily like it when you, you know, uh, just 
being successful and when you're being too happy, you're being too this, whatever, it makes people uncomfortable when they can't define you and they can't confine you. But my question is, what are you going to do in the face of vilification? Are you going to pull yourself back? Or are you going to like be an allowance of it and keep going? Because judgment is not real and never stop yourself based on judgment. Keep going. Like, What if this is just the beginning of what you could choose, what you could create, what you could be in the world? I know my life keeps getting better and better and better. I wouldn't want to be in my 20s for anything at all. <laughs> well, I love that you brought up the concepts of relationship because, you know, one of the things I have mentioned is amongst your three best-selling books, one of them is about relationships. Are you sure you want one? And although I'm not going to go into relationships, especially not romantic relationships when it comes to this podcast. But I'd be curious to know if there's a concept from your book that comes from relationships that you find would be very powerful to apply when it comes to building relationships with the clients you sell to. Yeah, I think all the tools that you use in relationships applies to everything. And I mean, business partners, yes, clients, it's like, how are you going to treat them? I mean, the first golden rule is, what if you treated everybody the way you desire to be treated? What if there is no lesser being and, you know, being questioned? It's like, okay, so what works for this person and being with that? Now, I also get, and it's a big topic, so I don't know if I can just touch on this briefly, but I also get relationships are a level of manipulation that most people are not willing to choose. So many people look at relationships as this is about my truth, this is about telling my truth. To me, can the other person handle that? I think it's very unkind if you start talking to someone about what you've decided is your truth, if that person is not willing to hear it or receive it. So you have to look at what others can receive. You do you, let them do them. It's like, let a man be a man, let a woman be a woman, let a, you know, whatever people are choosing to be them, to be totally them. Same as a client. It's like, you know, you may deal with something in a different way and a client may require something different. But if you have no judgment, you will know what to choose and when to choose it and how to choose it. Or if to choose it, because if you find yourself being incompatible with that client, then sometimes it's not about close every single deal. It's about understanding, is this a deal you want to actually fulfill once you've collected the money and now you have to fulfill the product or service you've sent to them? If they have a very different view, a very different perspective and understanding of how business needs to be done, you might not be the best person to do business with them. And I think that's something to take into consideration. I do too. And it's also not making it just about the money. I mean, this is a simple example. Like I've got some horses in Costa Rica and one of the horses is, you know, she's four now and I'm looking to sell her. And I just came back from Costa Rica and I realized she was a bit sick and I did some body work on her and I got her some vitamins and I started chatting to her. And then I went, oh God, I'm so sorry. Her name's Tesoro, which means treasure in Spanish. And I said, you know what? I'm so sorry. I've been paying for her board monthly with sort of like a bit of a oh, paying for this horse again. My other horse, I'll pay for anything. And I realized my point of view was she's not my horse. I just want to sell her. And so I sat there with her and I said, hey, you know what? If you get better, I'll pay for whatever you want for the rest of your life. And you tell me what you want. You tell me if you want to be sold. And part of me selling her is I would like her to remain on this property, on this property that we have called Elugar. So that's part of my thing. It's like, I'm not willing just to accept money and then have her go off anywhere because I know how she gets treated on this property and she gets treated really well. That's important to me. The money is not worth it. I require that horse to be looked after as well. Hmm. 
Yeah, I think we're going through everything we covered here is just like, as you're navigating life and you have joy kind of as a priority North Star to get you that guidance and having that self-trust in the process, even when it comes to what you sell, like I would use an example of what you're saying with the horse, you had your non-negotiables in the deal that are to your truth and your joy. And I think oftentimes if you're going out there, especially at the beginning, if you're selling and somebody's like, I want to have so much more for the same price that you offer, you have to also know what your non-negotiables are. You have to be like, hey, listen, my time is worth something. And you have to kind of have the those boundaries in place so that you can actually be of best service and be compensated for it. So you can grow, be happy and joyful and fulfilling the service. And, you know, I think the more that you get into it and you learn about those boundaries, you get much more effective in the way that you do business. Simone, I was going to ask because you are on the Selling with Love podcast and, you know, you're the joy of businesswoman. I'm the Selling with Love guy. So I have to ask, what does Selling with Love mean to you? I would say Selling with Love means Selling with Gratitude. Gratitude for what you have, gratitude for what you're involved in, gratitude that you actually get to engage and you get to choose something that you love. That's how I would translate that. I love it. Simone, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. For those of you tuning in, here's a couple of things I want you to think about. For one, if you are interested in operating a business and you want to do it in a way that is joyful, as we mentioned in the podcast, you start with joy. And I would suggest to pick up one of Simone's books, Joy of Business. It's a very powerful way of understanding the concepts and putting them into action. And I would encourage you to go deeper down this rabbit hole so you can really bring that level of self-trust in the way that you operate, which will bring so much more success than if you're going against the grain in the process. I also want to give a shout out for the fact that you do have a book, which is getting out of debt joyfully. And we haven't talked about debt here, but I know this is a reality for a lot of people. And I would highly suggest if you're resonating with the message here and debt is something you're struggling with and you're trying to get out of, this would be also a very powerful book that you could look into. And of course we have the relationships. Are you sure you want one? Although I believe it speaks a bit more on the romantic side of relationships. I think that just being better at relationships as a whole makes you better when it comes to sales as well. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, Simone. Thank you so much. And for those who are also curious, have a look at Joy of Business. We're going to put some links so you can go deeper with Simone, as well as Access Consciousness, which is one of the key businesses that Simone is involved with, which has so many tools about reprogramming your consciousness and being someone who thrives in the world today. My name is Jason Mark Campbell. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Selling with Love podcast. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.